Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Those folks are two questions that Key has posed that nobody knows the answer to. Not, in, of course, Dak himself, not Jerry Jones, not nobody. Not for four to six months after the surgery last night for the compound fracture. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick will be here at 9.30. He'll get us ready for the Chargers and the Saints, and more importantly, get us up to speed on his thoughts on Dak Prescott. That's on the way. Fellas, if there is a silver lining to this, and it's really, really hard to find one, the Cowboys did invest in Andy Dalton in the offseason. Probably the best backup in the league. Three mil guaranteed. One of the better backups no, no, in the I'm, league. I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying, yeah, I'm just thinking, I was thinking in my head yep. what other backups are out there. Seven million if all incentives are hit. Maybe the best evidence that he could be the best backup in the league is I don't think there's any other backup in the league that's taken a team to the playoffs five straight years. Granted, the Bengals missed the playoffs the last four. They parted ways with him, Joe Burrow, but he's gotten them there on multiple occasions, like I said, five straight years, and led them to a win yesterday after a little bit of a shaky start. So how do they look considering the rest of the way it's going to be Andy Dalton? I think they'll be fine. I think it, you get him under uh, uh, in the classroom as a starter. You get him under center as a starter, not coming in in a relief situation. It's totally different. He's been there. So I'm, I have full confidence. If I'm on this team and I'm with the Dallas Cowboys, I have full confidence that Andy Dalton could lead us to the promised land because I've seen him in practice. I know his resume. I know that he was able, capable of doing it in Cincinnati, and he has better players around him now. So I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't see, especially in this division, like this division is not the, the AFC North. No, I mean, it's, you know. That's why I said we're talking about NFC East. I mean, so if you look at their remaining schedule, Cardinals, okay. Washington football team, the Eagles, Steelers, okay. Vikings, Washington football team, Ravens, okay. Bengals. 49ers, Eagles, Giants. So they probably got three teams on the remaining schedule that they won't be favored in the game or shouldn't be favored in the games. Other than that, all the other names that exactly. you rattled off, they should be favored. Mm-hmm. Todd Archer said yesterday, uh, excuse me, Todd Archer joined us a, a moment ago, our Cowboys reporter. He said yesterday, never fe- felt 25,000 people could be so silent. 25,000 people, one quarter of the capacity was there. Oh, I guarantee you it was way more than that. I guarantee you there were millions of people because my mouth dropped to the floor. I was silent at home for like 10 minutes. You said you were pacing, is that right? I was pacing, yeah. Yeah. Pacing, watching this. I just just was looking at the TV, basically. I didn't pace quite like... Jay, but I sat there like, damn. But every time we've seen it and played yeah, this morning it, on ESPN News, because, you, you win to well, turn away. Can I tell you I've because been we, there, we, man. That been hurts. There. Yeah, man. That hurts. And I'm going to tell you this. On the back end, once you go through surgery, once you go through rehab, one of the things about dislocation is that leaves a bone bruise. I don't know if you guys ever had a bone bruise, but my I had a bone bruise. I dislocated my right ankle. My bone bruise didn't leave me for like two years. Scar tissue. Two all years, man. And, and his rehab – is going to be such, and I, and I know the the uh, the physical uh, the trainers that's down uh, in Dallas. I know them, so it's not going to be lightweight. He's got the best of the best down there, so the rehab is going to be it's going to be hard, and it's going to be one of those deals where I know he's going to do it, and I know he's going to do it the best. But from now, the good the good thing about it though, in terms of a silver lining, is the fact that it happened right now, so early in the season that he'll have time six months from now to come back in March, and the season doesn't start again until September. So if he's on par, because it's a four- to six-week, a four- to six-month, right. I don't know why I would say week, four- to six-month injury, right. he'll be ready to go if he's healthy and ready to go. He'll be and, ready to go when the season starts. And, Key, this is the conundrum that will happen for a guy like Jerry Jones, who, you know, you've known him, you've had experience with him. 
There's no doubt. I think Jerry Jones would try to do the right thing, but I guess that's the question. What is the right thing to do, right? Are you going to give him the same amount of money that you were going to give him before? Probably not. You're going to see how he responds. We still probably get a lot of money, potentially, but it won't be the same money he would have gotten before if he was still playing at the level he was playing at. Can I do – if I, okay, I'm, a, I'm Jerry Jones now. Can I do a long-term deal with my franchise quarterback coming off an of injury? I could, but I'm also not in the business of giving $200 million away. So I need to see what he's like. I, I'm going to put my franchise tag as a placeholder in place in March. Bam, $37 million no matter what. I'm going to use that time till July to figure out where my quarterback's at. Because right now, based on the information that I'm getting from my doctors as the owner, I plan on him starting week one of next season. And if he's back in March, he'll be back for the offseason program so, as well. So I need to see what that is and what it looks like. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Lakers insider Dave McMenamin, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. This morning we've been asking our Twitter nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed if this is the greatest championship in Lakers history. Key says overwhelmingly yes. Overwhelmingly you on the Twitter feed say no. 91% say no. A couple of examples. JPW 2315. They beat the Heat team with no superstars. They have two first-team All-NBA players and a future Hall of Famer. Rondo should be embarrassed it wasn't a sweep. Come on, man. What is that, NFL? You're cross-pollinating there? <laughs> and the reality is underscore. Miami is the least talented NBA Finals team in living memory. We Plenty can say of- that now, but it was 3-2 at one point. That's right. Well, they did beat everybody they were supposed to be coming out of the East. No question about it. They did what they were supposed to do. Small percentage of you do agree with Key. Let's bring in Dave McMenamin with the Lakers. All year long has been for years all right, Key, you take it away. This is your team. This is your day to celebrate. Yes, it is. Hey, Dave, what's up, man? Hey, Keyshawn, how are you? I'm good. I I, I made it to work. Um, you know, with after <laughs> ce- after celebrating a long time. Let me ask you this though: How stressful was it to get this title in inside this bubble with everything going on for the Lakers? Well, I spoke to some folks with the Lakers last night, Anthony Davis in particular, who told me that they were devastated after the game five loss. And I think that was the stressful part for them to kind of push that out of their minds and recognize that, okay, as as well as Jimmy Butler is playing and as much momentum as the Miami Heat right now, having uh, won two out of the last three games with Bam Adebayo back in the lineup and uh, a coaching wizard on the sidelines at Eric Spolstra, we're still here for a reason. And we can get this job done if we execute the way we are possible. Well, we know we're we're capable of. And um, from there, they did whatever they can to not make Game Six stressful by blowing the Heat out of the water. And and really, they got to celebrate the championship the entire second half, um, <laughs> anticipating that champagne. They they were incredible defensively, holding Jimmy Butler to twelve points on ten shots. But as great as this team looked, how how will this team look? next season yeah jay i I don't know Uh, they have uh, four or five key pieces here that uh can be free agents uh if they either opt out of their contracts or don't pick up their player options starting with anthony davis now i I don't think anybody uh around the team anticipates anthony davis not returning 
but there is a curiosity to see how long term of a deal he'll be willing to sign this summer. But beyond him, you have important role players like, uh, you know, Rajon Rondo as a player option. Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope has a player option. Both those guys could reject that and, and hit free agency. Uh, Markeith Morris, who was such a key pickup that they got at the trade deadline um, off the waiver wire, uh, he's a free agent. You know, and and these are the type of guys they got to make some decisions on because they were uh, Dwight Howard too. Uh, they were all a part of their core on this championship run. It's a great point. Last thing for our Lakers insider, Dave McMenamin, who's joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Uh, Dave, you covered LeBron in Cleveland. His run there got to see that 2016 championship. You've obviously been with him with the Lakers as well for his entire Lakers stint. So you've seen multiple LeBron championships and multiple stops. He, of course, has won four with the forthcoming last night. Where do you think last night ranks among those four championships? It's a great question, Zubin. I, I think in terms of the context of everything surrounding it, I, I think everyone will remember 2020 as being a difficult year. And for that reason, there will be uh, a fondness to the bubble championship. But I, I don't think this one can compare to 2016, just that accomplishment going back to his home state and coming back from 3-1 down against the greatest regular season team of all time in the Golden State Warriors. I don't think that one's going to be topped. And you have the dramatic game seven moment where he has the chase down block against Andre Iguodala. But this is somewhere in that group. And guess what? I mean, when you have four of them, all of them are going to be special in their own right. Um, I'm not so sure I'm, I'm willing to rank any uh, below the 2016. Maybe this is tied with the, the other two. Uh, but 2016, I'd certainly put at the top of the list. Dave, since you spent so much time around the organization, last night when LeBron James said, and I want my damn respect too. What do you think he was referring to? What do you think people he was talking about? I, I, Jay, I think it's just look at what he's done, right? He's in year 17. He is a perennial all-star. Uh, he you know, now is a four-time champion, a 10-time NBA finalist. And if you look at social media vitriol, like people look at him like, oh, the guy – you know, he's just big and strong and a look, he's passing to Danny Green at the end of the, the game, or he doesn't want the big moment. Like the, the same tired arguments come up often. Um, and to me, that's what he's getting at. Like, don't you guys recognize like what, what I'm doing here? Uh, are, we're still voting for Giannis Antetokounmpo for MVP when there's clear holes in this game, when I'm doing this in year 17, leading the league in assists, playing in tougher conference, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's all of it. I, I, I think he looks at the era where Michael Jordan played in and kind of the automatic reverence that came with it because he wasn't scrutinized every, every moment of his life, whereas he lives in the social media era and the 24-7 news network era. And uh, because of that, uh, he, I, I, I personally believe that he thinks the general public misses the big picture of what he's accomplishing because they use him as fodder for talking about things they can pick apart. Man, that is a great point. It's all about a time and the place and the era in which you play. If there was social media when Michael was going down and gambling during the Eastern Conference Finals in Atlantic City when they were playing the Knicks, it would have been a different story. Great stuff, Dave. Really appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys.
real quick. You wanted to kind of concur with that. No, it's just, it's a great point. Um, It's a very valid point, especially with social media, because everything is so different when you, when you listen to that prism. So Dave just joined us and essentially said, there's no way I could put anything above that 2016 championship to bring Cleveland the title. We're joined now by the number one opiner in all of sports, Stephen A. Smith. You see him every weekday morning on first take 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN this morning at 11 Eastern on first take magic. Johnson will join Stephen A. Max and Molly on the Laker tip, former Laker legend. All right, Stephen A, the current Laker legend, LeBron, where does this one last night, this chip rank among the four he's gotten on the wall. Well, I mean, I think you can make a legitimate argument that it's number one. So most people would say number two uh, behind what he did in 2016, coming back from a 3-1 deficit. But remember, I'm the guy that has consistently lamented the stimulus package that the NBA threw in his direction when they suspended Draymond Green after game four because LeBron threw him to the floor. He kicked up his leg. He had done it in the past. Or he had kicked up his leg in the past against Stephen Adams and others. As a result, he gets suspended for game five. We'll go to state up 3-1 that same game. Back spasms start irritating Andre Iguodala. He's not the same, and Andrew Bogey gets hurt. So I thought that the Cleveland Cavaliers would lose that series in five. They was on course to lose that series in five until the NBA gave them that stimulus package. That's, that's, that's my belief. But having said all of that, I certainly understand how people would look at that and say that was a phenomenal accomplishment because coming down from 3-1 is still coming down from 3-1. LeBron James is absolutely phenomenal in that series. But I just look at this particular NBA Finals victory, and I'm just thinking about all of these guys, all these guys had to endure. And, and I can't say enough personally about what I've seen from the players, the entire league, and even the networks that were covering the games in TNT and ESPN slash ABC. I mean, it was just phenomenal across the board to see those folks go in there to make the sacrifices on a personal level that they made, staying away from family, friends, loved ones, being confined to the bubble, knowing that people didn't want to be there, knowing that if you lost, you could go home early, and to still focus and to dedicate and to have the slew of competitive games and competitive fervor that we have over the last two to three months, it was just something phenomenal to watch. And to end all of that by coming out as the champion and playing in a dominant fashion that the Lakers and specifically LeBron James played with, I have to give major props where props is due. And to me, um, it's debatable, but I, you can view this as, as, as his greatest accomplishment. Essay, I saw on your show, you guys were talking to Mark Jackson and, and Jack said that essentially LeBron James has the best career out of any player he's ever seen play the game. What is your stance on that? What do you think? Uh, it's it's possible. Uh, you know, I think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 19-time All-Star, six-time NBA champion, all-time scoring leader, uh, the the greatest scorer in the, in the history of the NBA. Um, and you can make a legitimate argument about his career. And then, you know, and especially when you couple that with his achievements on the collegiate level at UCLA, uh, one could argue that he had a better career. But I, I can understand that argument on LeBron James, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. Just as long as somebody doesn't tell me uh, that he's better than Michael Jordan, we're good. I've got him as number two all time on Mount Rushmore uh, behind Michael Jordan. Uh, but Le- LeBron belongs up there. Uh, but if he feels disrespected and, you know, and maligned because somebody has the temerity, the unmitigated gall 
to label him number two all time in the history of basketball, at least when it comes to this person you're listening to right now, he'll have to get the hell over it because I'm not changing my position one bit in that regard. But he is on the Mount Rushmore basketball. I've got him number two all time. I think it's debatable as to whether or not his career overall is better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I think with his talents, what he brings to the table, et cetera, et cetera, um, I don't think that you can summarily dismiss that argument made by Mark Jackson. I can understand where he's coming from. He's not – Michael Jordan's not better than LeBron, man. You crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to even have that debate. Yeah, I don't, are, I don't, I don't even want to have that debate, Stephen A. I just enjoy right. watching them that. all. Man, I just enjoy That's watching right. them all, right? I mean, let's let's enjoy well, well, watching well, 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 them all. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me say this. Let me say this. And and let me get on that. Let me get on my two boys because anybody that knows me knows that Jay Williams and Keyshawn are my two boys. I love y'all dearly. Here's one. Let me tell you what I hate about about sometimes uh, about some of us in this business where we hate getting into this particular discussion. Excuse me. It's what we do. It's what we do. If you ain't playing anymore. I wasn't good enough to play at all on y'all level. So the bottom line is, it's what we do. What do we mean we hate having the discussion? We don't have to have it now because we had it many times. But what I'm saying is, is that I'm watching Jay on Get Up this morning doing a phenomenal job. He always does. And it just amazes me. how uh, I just hate doing this. I just hate comparing. Uh, just let them play. No. It's what we do. You play. We watch and chronicle what we see. Because throughout history, in this business, that's what they're going to defer to. When I watched boxers in the 1970s and what have you, guess what, guys? I didn't just watch them. I listened to what Howard Cassell had to say, and I remembered. And guess what? That's a part of history, too. So y'all can choose to be quiet about whatever position y'all choose to be quiet about. I'm not doing that. If I feel the way I feel and it happens to be different than what other people are saying, they're going to have to get over it or deal with the argument and come back with their own retort. It's what we do. Well, o- only reason why I say that, though, because I've seen, just like you, I've seen Kareem, I've seen Magic, I've seen LeBron, I've seen Kobe, I've seen Jordan, I've seen Shaq. So different eras, different teams, different times, different coaches, different players they're going up against. So it's hard to, as I always say, put somebody ahead of somebody else. There's only one person in sports that I've always said is better than anybody Period, and that's Jerry Rice. That's the only one. Hold on, Key. Hold on, Key. Because mm-hmm. now, now, we, now we're going to tell you. Because I say I heard you the other day. You said that this is the softest era that we've ever seen in the NBA. So I guess my question is to you: If LeBron James were playing back in Jordan's era, do you still think LeBron James would be dominant? I still think that he would be great. Dominant is not a word that I would use, but I will say this: When I was talking about the era, Jays, I appreciate you asking that question. I wasn't talking about the players. I was talking about what the NBA did in terms of softening and modifying the rules mm-hmm. to ingratiate the sport to, to, you know, to the American public and beyond to make it more appealing and also to ingratiate itself with the community in Europe. Because as a result of that, we've seen the game change. It's called considerably softer. And some of the terrain, some of the arduous stuff that you had to go through back in the day, you, done, you did not have to go through in this era. That's what I was saying. I didn't mean for somebody to look at LeBron or Russell Westbrook or Harden or anybody else and say they're soft. I'm not calling any players soft. I would never disrespect them like that. What I'm saying is the era that we're living in, the rules that the NBA implemented. I mean, back in the day, you could mug people and get away with it. Now it's to the other extreme. You might get thrown out of the game for having bad breath. That's how bad it is. 
with the NBA. It's just that <laughs> soft. Every ticky-tack little thing they call, you sit up there, you get into it with each other, you talk junk to one another, you try to antagonize, they get into that mental aspect of things, they turn around and they penalize you for that. Those are the kind of things that I'm talking about because you guys haven't played at a very elite level. Understand this. It's not just about your skill set and what you do when you've got the basketball or the football in your hand. There's a mental element that comes with that. You can snatch somebody's heart. You can get in their face. You can literally overpower them mentally and compromise their physical attributes because they might be a bit softer mentally. You can do all of these things. But in the old days, or in, not even in the old days, in recent eras or previous eras, it was much easier to do that and get away with it. Now the NBA basically insulates a lot of people from having to endure that kind of stuff because they, go, they call the games so tightly and so softly. That's what I meant by that statement. It's a great point, Stephen A. We'll get more of your thoughts. I'm sure you'll be fired up, ready to go. Michael, LeBron, Legacy, all of it coming up on First Take, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN with Magic Johnson adding a little old-school Lakers flavor to the new school championship. Go ahead. What do you got, Stephen A.? I just wanted to say I appreciate the job you guys are doing. I'm listening to the show all the time. I'm messing with y'all, but y'all doing a great job. Really proud of what y'all doing, man. Keep it up. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, USA. Don't be stealing our stuff either, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, of course I'm going to steal your stuff, Keyshawn. We're, we're of course I'm going to steal your stuff. I listen, I, I'm great because I know I'm not. I listen to those who are, and I steal from them. What's, no. all, what's wrong with that? Man, I'll see you at 10. Home. I'll see you at the top I'll of the hour. That. Good stuff. I'm coming. We're sharing. Stephen A. will be here. It's always great to have him. He always adds such tremendous perspective. One quick piece of NFL news, guys, I want to mention. Teron Davenport, who covers the uh, Titans for us 24-7, 365 for ESPN. This is straight off his Twitter feed, and this is really good news. Quote, confirmed. Hashtag Titans didn't have any new positives. They'll have a practice similar to their typical Saturday practice today in preparation for tomorrow's game, and that will be against the Buffalo Bills. So all systems go. It looks like the Titans, who already had their game postponed with the Steelers to Week 7, better late than never, are going to get this game in with the Bills, and that'll be played tomorrow night because right now, for the first time in a while, we can say they have not had any positive test. Jay? I just get really worried about stuff like that, right, considering so many players have had it. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore? Prime example, didn't have it. Then all of a you find out he played the game. Then he did have it on the back end. It's just, it leaves you in a state of anxiety. One game tonight, right? Yeah, one game okay. tonight. It'll be the Chargers and the Saints. We're going to actually talk about that in just a bit. And then one game tomorrow, Tuesday night football. Are you ready for all Tuesday over night the place football? Right now, right? <laughs> Is Michael Thomas playing? Is he playing tonight? Why are you throwing stuff at me? I'm asking you. He's your You know he ain't playing. You know why he's not playing. Well, if you don't know. Trying to get some inside information. If you don't know, it's a little shocking. We'll get to it. It's Key's nephew, 149 (laughs) catches last year. Single season record, not playing tonight, but it has nothing to do with his ankle injury. Rumors. We'll talk about it. Family protects family. That's what this show does. On the way. Yes. Still to come. On the other side, he hasn't yet won a game. You talk about all the great young quarterbacks in the league. Why is nobody talking about this other young dude? We'll talk about that with Lewis Riddick of Monday Night Football. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. On the schedule, the Chargers and the Saints in hard-hit Louisiana. Hope everyone's safe after Hurricane Delta. Lou Riddick in the house, part of ESPN's Monday Night Football crew. He joins us on the Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Lou, first things first, Michael Thomas of the Saints, the great wide receiver, has been battling a bit of an injury, but tonight he's not out due to any sort of ailment. It's due to having an altercation, a practice altercation, in which he got into it with teammate Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, second-year man safety out of Florida. What do you make of this whole thing? Allegedly, Lou. Allegedly. 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 Yeah, good. Now take care of family. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, brother. Um, No, I don't don't know. We don't know much about, you know, exactly what happened, just the reports that are coming out of there. I mean, obviously spinning it quickly to on the field, but they, they need Mike. I mean, Mike is one of the baddest dudes in the NFL as far as wide receivers are concerned. We know how much Drew relies on him. You know, they've been waiting for him to get back in order to pair him with Alvin Kamara because, I mean, a lot of the offense is falling on Alvin's shoulders and they don't have a whole lot of margin for error without Mike in there. And tonight they're going up against a a football team that right now has kind of had some life injected into it because they have a young quarterback in Justin Herbert who, through three starts, looks like he's the one. He looks like he's exactly what they were looking for. So it's a real interesting game as far as the contrast and styles between how the Saints like to play football offensively in particular and how the Chargers seemingly look like they're going to want to play football. So it, it's going to be a fun matchup with, with the with the old guard and Drew Brees, who's a surefire Hall of, Hall of Famer, and then the new blood in, in Justin Herbert, who is fun to watch, and you need to tune in and check him out. You, you talked about Justin Herbert just a minute ago. I want to ask you, you know, he looks like a franchise quarterback. There's no question about it since being promoted to the start and spot, got his job full-time this week. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. expect from him in the Chargers offense tonight? Yeah, you know, I, I expect I expect them to do a whole lot of different stuff with him as far as drop-back pass, zone read, RPOs, boot swaggles, you know, change the launch point, get him outside on the perimeter, use his athleticism. Why? Because they're a little beat up on the offensive line. They need to keep move him around so people, so the pass rush of the Saints can't really dial in on him. You know, you obviously expect to see him throwing a lot to Keenan Allen, a lot to Hunter Henry. Those two are going to play a big role without big games for them. They don't win this game. And I think this kid is, I mean, you, you know how he is personality-wise. He's just unflappable, man. He, he just really looks composed. And with that composure now, it's coming more and more confidence with the way he's throwing the football. And you see some of the throws he made, especially last week against Tampa, man. I mean, he, he made some throws that are just like, like rookies aren't supposed to do that kind of thing, not on a regular basis. So we'll see if he can do it on a regular basis now because the Saints got a lot to prove. They need to play better defensively. But the shots are going to be there for him. I'm interested to see how they handle him as much as uh, I'm interested to see how he handles a veteran team like the Saints. Lou, last night while watching the Giants-Cowboys game, my stomach got turned inside out. What are your thoughts on Dak's mm-hmm. injury? I mean, it, it's, I mean, it sounds cliche to say it's heartbreaking and all, but it, it really is heartbreaking. It is because you know Dak's story. 
You know what Dak opened up and told people about this past offseason, about what he went through. You know where he's come from as far as not being a a top 10 pick in the draft, the guy who's earned everything he's, he's gotten to this point, the guy who does it the right way, doesn't cause problems, never been in trouble, none of that BS. He gambles on himself, and he, did, he, and he made the right choice because here's a guy who put Dallas in a situation where, look, if I play good – Either you're going to have to pay me an ungodly amount of money or I'm going to hit the market as a young quarterback in my prime and someone else is going to pay me, and then this happens. And you could see in his mind all of the things that he's been through all just kind of culminate in that moment when they were taking him off on the, on the cart. And if that didn't just rip your guts out and go, and in some way, shape, or form, you couldn't relate to that, then I, I don't even know what to tell you could just feel it like, I mean, you just, it just literally made you take a deep breath and go, damn, you've got to be kidding me. It happened to that guy in that way, in that situation. And look, you, you just hope, look, the, the NFL, it's interesting, man, because I, I hear people saying, well, you know, Dallas needs to do right by him. And you know what? You, you hope that they do. You know that this business is brutal. You know that people, it's personal until it's business, right? And it's business till it's personal. However, you want to flip it around. Let, let, let me stop you right I just, there. I, Luke. I just hope it. I just hope it. No, no. What, what I'm saying though is this: I'm hoping it. it and what I'm trying to say is, I'm just hoping it ends up the right way for this young man. That's let, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm me, hoping it ends up the right way for him. Let me ask you this though, because you you've been on the personnel side of the business, right? And I'm not trying to get you to give Jerry's money away, but right, right if it was you. Right. And this situation came up with one of your players, one of your franchise right. guys. How would you sure. handle it? Okay, that's a great question. Obviously, your job is to take care of the club, okay, as a, as a manager, as a general manager. But I'll tell you this. First of all, just like they did, I would have gotten the very, 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 very best doctor in there. And it sounds like they did. In a moment's notice, they got him in there. And as long as my, my people are telling me, look, that's going to be all right, I'm going to do everything I can to get that young man signed. I'm going to do everything I can to get him signed to a contract that obviously is going to pay him a king's ransom, continue to rehab him like hell, and make sure he's good to go for next year. There's no doubt about that. I, I, I'm telling you this, and I'm not just telling you this because I'm not in that position and I can, I can spend Jerry's money. But, obviously, I mean, obviously you, you, can't, you, have to, you have to minimize risk to the club. I mean, that's, that's part of your job. But – if the doctors are telling me, just like as many people have already stated, Keyshawn, that, you know, this is a typical six-month recovery. People have come back from this before and played very well in different sports. That I'm, that I'm moving full speed ahead this offseason and saying, hey, look, how can we get this done? How can we get this contract done, unlike what we got done last year in the offseason? Mm-hmm. That, that, that would be my focus. I'm trusting my medical team, and I'm damn sure not just going to take a young man like that who – Obviously, for all intents and purposes, is the perfect franchise quarterback in terms of on the field and off the field. And I'm trying to get it done. That's a great no doubt. We'll we'll see it tonight for Monday night football, and then a little Tuesday night football, which I'm sure you and everybody else will be watching between the Bills and the Titans. Look forward to it, Lou. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. He no, mentioned Lou, Lou is right, though. You yeah. you got to try to figure out how to get mm-hmm. it done. No question. He mentioned the best medical care in the world. I want to give a shout out to Doctor Gene Curry. He's the guy that performed. He's the foot and ankle specialist. They got in at a moment's notice and ran him down to perform that surgery. Lou mentioned it. So Doctor Gene Curry taking care of one of the NFL's biggest injuries we've seen in quite some time. That was Lewis Riddick on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, giving us the Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over seven hundred and fifty dollars. 
on average. On the way, is this LeBron's greatest title of the four? We want to hear from you. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The greatest for maybe the NBA's greatest? Your thoughts. Hit us up right now. Key's got this. It's time for some straight talk. You know what covering your bases is in baseball, right? Jay Will, the Yankees did. Making sure you have no holes in your defense. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get from Straight Talk Wireless, and you'll pay up to 50% less than the big carriers and still use the same networks. Just 45 bucks a month gets you unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G. The con- No contract, no mystery fees, fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. That's a little bit of a misnomer, fellas, because there are so many things we could say about LeBron James. We have so many great people that dig into the stats like nobody else, and I know over the years numbers have become such a big deal, especially in the NBA with the analytics. We're going to get to your calls. Is this LeBron's greatest title ever of the four he's had, 2012, 2013, 2016, or yesterday in 2020? Calls on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Guys, LeBron has averaged 25, 10, and 5 in the finals on six different occasions. Let me just say that again. Those numbers, 25, 10 boards, and five assists in the finals six times. The rest of the NBA combined in its 74-year history has had five such instances. He's done it six times. The rest of the league ever has done it five. LeBron became the second player in league history to beat a team in the finals. He won an MVP with. Wilton, 75, was the other. So, of course, he played for the Heat, won a title. Now he wins a title against Riley and Miami. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. What you got, Jay? I was going to say, you know what's interesting, Zubin? Everybody always tries to use LeBron James' finals record like against him from being in that greatest of all time conversation. I know he's four and six now, right? But look, at three, three of LeBron's losses of the six came against the Warriors, right? Two of them was with the super team, with KD, Steph and Clay, how they kind of reshifted the cap in order to do that. And the other one came against the Warriors when they lost Kyrie and didn't have Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. So you always wonder, like, what if Kevin Durant can't go to the Golden State Warriors? What if, does Kyrie Irving leave Cleveland? Does he stay? How would things have played out? It's just always interesting to me how that argument could be used against him when it's 
just game changers. I, I don't even understand how people even can try to come up with an argument about him not being one of the greatest players. Now, I'm not ranking one through two and three and four. and all. I understand what Stephen A. said with us earlier when he was on. Mm-hmm. I don't get into that because different eras, different time, different players. I mean, it's just it's, – it's different. You can't do that. I just wonder – The I greatness, want- though, of watching him play, you can't just enjoy that and embrace it and roll with it instead of trying to figure out – how to knock him down? I wish I could play in 10 Super Bowls and only win four. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying a lot of people are calling the Golden State Warriors maybe the best team ever assembled. When, yep. you, when you look at their offensive explosion and talent. And what they really it, I would just love to see MJ and those Bulls go against that Golden State team. It's like people say, well, these guys couldn't play back in that area. I'm but like, they okay. wasn't asked to shoot. No, no, they wasn't I, asked to I, shoot I, like I that, though, right? No, I mean, they like, weren't. Think about it. When you say Golden State, you talk about Chicago – you talk about the Lakers and what they was able to accomplish when they were rolling with the repeats and magic in them, but they wasn't asked to shoot like that because the game didn't evolve like that. But that's exactly my point. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to use this conversation and say, well, players today aren't as good as players were back then. I'm like, well, slow down a second. You're telling me Kevin Durant couldn't go back in that time and put in work? You're telling no, me Stephen could. Curry couldn't go back in that time and put in work? You're going to try, you know, like I almost, we, we almost got into another oh, argument about it. Wasn't guards bigger though? Like point guards, wasn't they bigger? Well, the game was more physical. Yeah, for sure. But Stephen Curry, 6'3", would have put him more. Uh, Stephen A. came on the show now and was like, well, I think LeBron would have been great. I don't think he would have been dominant. Oh, we don't think somebody 6'9 and a half, 260 pounds, the size of Carl Malone, mm-hmm. but plays like a point guard wouldn't be dominant back in that time? I'm just saying, players today are exponentially better they, and more skilled than what players were before. The would, game may be played different. Doesn't mean that they're not as bad. But would they have allowed LeBron to do? Because you know, you know how it was. You walk into the gym years ago, back in the day, and you six nine. What's the first thing they gonna tell you? You go play center. You gonna be the center. So will they have had? Yeah, because because Magic foresight, Johnson. Magic, Magic Johnson kind of broke that point, But even seeing, even then, Magic was the only six nine. Type center, other than I mean, a guard until Penny Hardaway came along, and Penny ain't six nine; he was six mm-hmm. seven and a half. Yeah, agree, right? Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, would they have had the foresight to be able to see that LeBron was a special gift of talent to allow him to do what he's able to do for your team, or would they have tried to make him a damn center? Yeah, fair enough. Both guys mentioned Stephen A. Stephen A. came on earlier and said Jordan won for him forever. LeBron would be number two, but nobody could surpass Michael Jordan. You'll hear more from Stephen A., of course, on First Take in 10 minutes on ESPN. At 11 a.m. Eastern, Magic Johnson will join Stephen A., Max, and Molly. So a little old-school, new-school Laker discussion. LeBron at the top. Key will be on First Take as well, and then Magic will join at 11 Eastern. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin brought to you by Pennzoil. Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made for natural gas not crude it gives you unbeatable engine protection the proof is in the pennzoil based on sequence 4a wear test using sae 5w30 we promised your phone calls is this lebron's greatest title ever ray in los angeles right there in the epicenter you're on espn radio what do you say uh good morning guys uh, i say yes and for the simple reason that we're talking this was a 12 plus month season with pending boycotts with a shutdown we're forgetting the fact that a lot of these teams, if you had to wreck the season the way it was supposed to be done, you would have had a lot of teams missing players. All those players came back from their injuries, and we're still talking about LeBron James as it being not enough. Like as if, I guess my, my biggest point is this. I mean, LeBron won it when he was supposed to win it, and that's the biggest thing for me. Like all those other times where, they, where he lost, he wasn't expected to win. I didn't expect him to beat the Golden State Warriors, even though he did. 
But at the end of the day, you're winning it when it matters the most, when with all the things that are going on in the world right now, and he actually did it. And that's kind of where things need to just, the, the conversation needs to stop. I yes. agree with like you, brother. The, I agree, man. That is correct. Ray from Los Angeles. We're on the same, we're on the same page about that. Jay from Michigan. You're on ESPN Radio. What do you say? Hey, what's up, fellas? Love the show. So I, I think that this is not the greatest championship for LeBron, but because I think that that Cleveland team that wasn't supposed to win, kind of like the last caller said, um, that was the greatest for him. But this is the most special and most unique championship because the bond that not only the Lakers, but all the teams that were there for months in the bubble, I think these guys really created a special type of bond um, to make this one super special for him. But I don't think it's his greatest championship. But it's a championship Monday, Laker Nation in the house. Great stuff, Jay. Thank you very much. A couple late-breaking NFL news and notes for you guys. Just want to mention, as expected, uh, defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is going to be taking over as the Falcons' interim head coach today after they fired head coach Dan Quinn and uh, general manager Thomas Dimitrov late last night. So Raheem Morris, who has experience, he was the Bucks head coach for three seasons. He had a three-win season, a 10-win season, and then a four-win season. So 17-31 and 31 in three years in Tampa, knows the division well, so obviously he stays in the division and gets bumped up key from defensive coordinator and the interim head coach now of the Atlanta Falcons flailing at 0-5 for the first time since 1997 and up next for them on the schedule will be the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. You read everything but the most important thing. What is that? He went to Hostra. Okay. Go Pride. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. Now, right? I've been knowing Raheem for a long time. He used to work with us with the Jets. He was one of our managers, and then he became a defensive coach with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Here's another shot for you as a head coach. Let's get the team motivated, rally around you. You see what Romeo Cornell was able to do with the Houston Texans, and they got their first victory. And let's see if Raheem is, is ready to take, take, take it on now. And you should mention, for those that may not be aware, back when Key played for the New York Jets and was the number one overall pick almost a quarter century ago, New York Jets training camp was at? Hofstra. Hofstra University on Long Island. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Laker legend tomorrow. Magic Johnson, the Laker legend on first take. No violence. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.